25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yeah, welcome in. It's Tuesday in the Farm Bureau studio. Say it with me. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. Deal with somebody one-on-one, your insurance agent. You have to make that phone call after that fender bender. It's uncomfortable. They're there for you. Somebody you already know, your hometown heroes, Farm Bureau Insurance in Mississippi. Welcome in. It is Tuesday. Lots to get to, and a lot has been said and done <laughs> since we were last on the air with you about 24 hours ago. So a ton to get to today. Later in the show, Peter Burns of the SEC Network is going to be on. Peter Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network. Going to join the show uh, a little bit later in hour number two. We're going to kick it around with him. I'm curious to maybe get a you know a real honest opinion for him. What are his favorite road trips? Because I'm going to get to make one of my favorite road trips. It happens every couple of years, and that is to Auburn. I love the road trip to Auburn every other year, regardless of the outcome of the game, win or lose. It's just yeah, it's some personal in there. It's kind of like I get to make a trip back through home. Um, my mother actually doesn't live in Prattville anymore. She now lives just right outside of Prattville in Wetumpka, which is still right there at Montgomery. Right on the way, I'll get to see her, spend some time with her, spend the night at her house, eat mama's cooking, go to the game right down the road there at Auburn, that kind of thing. But I also just enjoy their campus. I love their atmosphere. Auburn is, it is big, it is loud, but it is collegiate. It's not big and round and uniform and corporate like with little bitty video boards in the corner like Tuscaloosa. No, it still feels like you're on a college campus and there's 85,000 people with an eagle circling the stadium and it's right smack in the middle of their campus. And so I always enjoy the trip to Auburn. So we'll talk about that. But as I'm looking ahead at this trip this weekend to Auburn and I listened to Coach Moorhead in his press conference yesterday and i Think about it and look at a little bit more of it this morning. You might have seen the clip that I put on Twitter of Coach uh, Moorhead talking about their offense and how it is different this year than it was last year at Auburn. And it circles around the quarterback. Happens to be a true freshman quarterback. Hey, Roger, what's up? Hey, how you doing? You remember when uh, Rick Stansberry used to be the basketball coach at Mississippi State? Oh, yeah. and guy that uh, took him to a lot of... A lot of championships, right? Well, I don't know about a lot. They won some, you know, SEC stuff and some SEC well, tournaments. I know after he was gone, they sure missed him. Yeah, no doubt. Kind of fell off the cliff there for a while. 
but he we used to I say we used to have fun with him we we I think people sort of had fun at, at coach Stansberry's expense behind his back and on the internet and he didn't care with the use of the word freshmen's <laughs> instead of saying freshmen like we got you know three freshmen who are playing for us he'd say freshmen's he'd put an s on the end of it freshmen's so i want to talk to you about freshmen's okay and then finally, Roger, something, the, this is the last thing. I, a light bulb went off today in a conversation with my dad for a new segment on this show. And I'm going to tell you later what it is, but it is going to be, it is an original idea. I have never heard it before. And as soon as I mention it to you, you're going to like it. Right. All right. Does so, it involve us that, like, you know, work, sampling barbecue from different places? <laughs> Yeah, the, the idea for the segment is that listeners bring us food on a regular basis. <laughs> Somebody's the, already beat you to that one. In the Farm Bureau studio. No, that's not the idea. It's better than that, even. So, um, All right. Or at least I think it might be in terms of entertainment value. So, anyway, that's coming up also. But as we get started here, I want to talk to you about freshmen's. Yes, I'm saying that on purpose facetiously, so just get that out of the way. Uh, and you can be a part of the show today. As usual, I want to hear from you on the uh, Divinity Equipment phone line, 995-1059. That's the number, 995-1059. It is a 601 number, 995-1059. That'll get you into the show on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Also, you can text the show at 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. Got it? So text away, and if you text the show, we'll try to get that in. As you know, always kind of peeking at it and looking at it. And for those of you who are watching live on Periscope, uh, Twitter, or on Facebook, I'll try to glance at your comments as well and appreciate you tuning in. All right, so here it is. If, if you've ever known someone who was involved in the media covering Miss, uh, the SEC or any SEC school for that matter, or you know if you did it yourself, you would know this, otherwise you wouldn't know. But you get emails from both media representatives at the school and media representatives from the SEC because you're on these email lists to send out information. And uh, one of the things that we get, I got today, and that is the weekly update from the Southeastern Conference in my email inbox with a bunch of stuff, a bunch of info. So it'll be the updated stats for the entire league, It'll be a release on the SEC Players of the Week, which, you know, they actually put that out yesterday, but all the stuff that you want there. It's got, you know, high points, talking points that you might be interested in as a member of the media. Uh, They'll not only send out the overall statistics, but as you get into the year, they start sending out Southeastern Conference-only statistics. So I can look and see how SEC teams are stacking up against only each other. It eliminates a non-conference game. So there's all kinds of stuff that comes in this. And this is something that maybe they've sent this out in the past, but I've glanced over it. And that is freshman stats. Okay? Stats for Southeastern Conference freshmen. They are the freshman leaders in statistical categories. So it's a whole... PDF file and everything in the SEC release dedicated only to freshmen. Sports geek heaven. Sports geek heaven. 
Let us all be reminded. I love saying this, by the way, and so it gives me an opportunity to say it. Uh, stats are like a bikini. They will show you a lot, but not everything. <laughs> Remember that. Okay. I laugh every time. <laughs> Good. I appreciate it, Roger. I need Very you to laugh. Very evocative. My self-esteem needs you to laugh at me. Uh, my self-esteem in third person there, if you notice. <clears throat> I always laugh, and oftentimes I think you don't mean for us to. Well, that's it, yeah. <laughs> We're not laughing with you. We're laughing at you. Be rest assured here. Yes. What was you can the, be rest assured. You can be rest assured. <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right. So uh, here's what I wanted to point out to you. I actually heard this conversation going on on the, the gridiron with Chris Brooks and Beaver. They, at one point in their show, between conversations about candy bars. They were talking about sports? Yeah, they talked about uh, recruiting in the SEC and what they were pointing out. Chris did a good job of pointing out some of the numbers of how Alabama and Georgia have just dominated this league recently in recruiting in terms of four- and five-star signees. Now, LSU is up there with them to a degree, but still, like Georgia's out in front, the overall number of fours- and five-star players they are signing. And I just want you to think for a second. Think about this. If you haven't realized this, we are living in an era now where freshman and the first-year player is now way more part of the equation than it ever has been. See, I'm old enough to remember when it was actually a foreign idea <laughs> for, let's say, a high school fresh, you know, high school signee coming in as a freshman quarterback. And being anywhere real, really near ready to play or start in the SEC. And that is because I do believe, like in the 80s and in the 90s for the most part, you know, high school programs weren't just like, they, they weren't right on college programs' doorsteps in terms of the knowledge and the teaching and the coaching uh, in the whole X's and O's and scheme part of the game. You know, a good portion of the 80s and 90s, like every high school is running Navier, you know, the triple option. And they take their fastest player, put him at quarterback, and throw the ball six times a game. <laughs> you know, there are very few high schools that were throwing the ball. And what would happen is quarterbacks or these quarterback prospects would get to college and there was this big learning curve to be ready to run these offenses that were kind of a the in-between from high school to NFL, which was just like a – Grand Canyon of difference. But we live now in an era where not only are high school programs across the country, here in Mississippi, yes, everywhere, are high school programs much better. The coaching is better. The, the, the weight programs are better. Knowledge about how to conduct weight programs. Nutrition, better. You know, all these schools are doing seven-on-seven -seven passing stuff in the summer. Quarterbacks and receivers are more knowledgeable, are getting more reps. The offenses that they're running in high school, these spread offenses were four wides and running zone read. Well, they go to college, and that's what they run in college. Same terminology, same stuff. Freshmen's, as Rick Stansberry would say, are coming into the college game now. Yes, the four and five stars that go to Alabama and Georgia, but frankly, everybody else, the three stars are coming into the college game now physically and certainly mentally ready to go ahead and play now more so than they ever have been. 
Example, and then I'm coming to the phone. Freshman stats. Leading all freshmen in the SEC in rushing at this point in the season, Garrett Schrader, Mississippi State quarterback, averaging 74 yards a game. He's played in three. A long run of 49. Seven and a half yards a carry, one touchdown, averaging 74 yards a game. A quarterback at Mississippi State is leading all freshmen in the SEC in rushing per game. This time last year, he's playing high school football. Cavassier Smoke, all-name team, running back, Kentucky, freshman. Second leading rusher in the SEC. What is he? He's got three rushing touchdowns. As a freshman, Cavassier Smoke is the guts of their run game at Kentucky. You got a kid at Georgia. Number eight, in the top ten in rushing. Freshman, Ole Miss, Jerrion Ely from right here in the Metro. He's in the top ten in rushing among all freshmen in the SEC so far. He's played in four games. He's averaging 32 yards a game, but he's got a couple of rushing touchdowns. And number 10, freshman, Snoop Connor, Ole Miss. Freshmen's are getting set to take over. Now, yes, they're playing. Not all of these guys are the feature. Scotty Phillips is the feature at Ole Miss. We know it's not Ely and Connor in terms of handoffs. But look at the roles they're carrying as freshmen. Look at the role that Garrett Schrader is carrying as a freshman. Now, we're talking rushing. What about throwing the ball for quarterbacks in the SEC? Number one among freshmen in the SEC, Ryan Helensky, starting quarterback, South Carolina. Yeah, it's because of injury. But the kid's throwing for 257 yards a game and five touchdowns. He's really good as a freshman. Freshman. Number two in the SEC, Matt Corral, Ole Miss. Number three, Bo Nix, Auburn. Engineering the you know a top 10 team in college football. And number four, passing in the SEC, Garrett Schrader, Mississippi State. All those guys averaging over 100 yards a game throwing a football as freshmen. Now, Corral, one extra year, he's redshirt, but still. Bo Nix, true freshman, playing high school ball this this time last year. Garrett Schrader, they're going to probably play each other this weekend. Two guys playing high school ball this time last year. In prime time, Saturday night, 6 p.m., Auburn, Alabama. Bo Nix versus Garrett Schrader. Total offense, Matt Corral, number two. Bo Nix, number three. Garrett Schrader, number four. Now, again, those are freshman stats. But if I flip over and look at the league... They're right up there also. All I'm saying is, glance across the league. Helensky, South Carolina. Corral, Ole Miss. Schrader, Mississippi State. Those young running backs at Ole Miss. Arkansas's leading receiver on a team is a freshman. What you're seeing is, right before your eyes, this is, this is kind of a turnover year. In 2019 in the SEC, you are being introduced to the headliners that you're going to have game in, game out, year in, year out for the next three years. You're being introduced to them all around the league. McIntosh, the the running back at Georgia. Get ready. Better know his name. Freshman. All right, let's do it. Here we go. Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison, and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. Bobby. What's up, Bobby? Hey, man, how you doing today? Just right, as far as I know. Hope you're doing well. Good, thank you. Just a uh, uh, 
little housekeeping note. I appreciate you and Bo Bounds and Paul Feinberg always giving the listeners the telephone numbers to call in or text. But your guy before you with Beaver, I can't remember that, that 10 o'clock show, they never give out the, the number or the text line to call. So you may you want, know. if you ever see him in the studio, you may want to point that out to him. We're still working on getting Second. him to, to mention the clients. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll good, do that. Good, good. So you, you're hitting on an issue. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do that, Bobby. Yeah, secondly, sure. yesterday I, I try. I listened to a lot of the talk shows, everything from Bo Bounds to your show to Paul Feinball and, and, the, and the Beaver, and which I never had an opportunity to call in or say, say anything. But with the Ole Miss game the other day, all I heard was about the bad call. Mm-hmm. So let's say they do get a touchdown. Who? Who has uh, any confidence that Ole Miss at that point could score a two-point conversion when they couldn't even get a quarterback sneak in from inches away from the goal line when a two-point conversion has to go from, a, what, the one- or two-yard line? Yeah. And then if they even get get that, then they have to go into overtime and be, try to beat a team that beat them all day long. But all I heard about was this one call that if, like, as if, if they had scored that touchdown, they win the ball game. Right. I think they had a couple more opportunities to lose the ball game. Well, Bobby, I'll just that, let you talk about that. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate the call. No, you're exactly right. I, you know, I guess the the issue is we didn't get to find out, and in that situation, you, you know, you're hanging on by a thread of hope, and you make a play that you think should go your way, and it doesn't, and they ought to review it, and that's where all the hangup is. You know, you know that, but I agree with you. Okay, so. They had to rush to get the fourth down snap for the quarterback sneak off because the clock's ticking down, and there was this confusion of should we snap it? Because if we do, then we're going to be past the window of review. Should we wait? If we wait, the clock's going to run out. So there was a little panic going on for some, I think. To the credit of Plumlee, the quarterback and the offense, they put the ball down and snapped it. To the credit of the official who ran from the back of the end zone, grabbed it away, and went and spotted it, knowing these guys, we got to spot the ball because they they have at least one more play. And so there was a little rushing going on, and they didn't get it in. If they get it in on that sneak, all of this is moot, right? Because then they get to run a two-point conversion on an untimed deal, which they all are untimed on, on conversion plays. And then we find out if they can get a two-point in. The thing on all that is, too, Bobby, I would tell you, two-point conversion plays – you're right, backed up and spotted at the two, or the you know, two. Those are special plays that teams practice just for that situation. You don't really practice quarterback sneak very much. You know, we ran it a bunch when I was in college. Honestly, I don't really remember practicing it. <laughs> you just you can do it without practicing it. But two point plays are special stuff. Two-point conversion plays, we're going to have at least two of them, maybe three options that we have designed specifically to target their personnel in certain looks. And if we get a two-point deal, we've worked on it, we practice it, we know what we're going to run, and we spot the ball, and we line up in it. So we got a play called exactly what we want in a two-point conversion situation against that defense. And so they just never got to have that opportunity. So I would say... Because they ran a quarterback sneak at the half-inch line and didn't get it in doesn't mean they're going to try to run quarterback sneak from the two, right? I mean, you know that. So you have to think about what did they have planned? What were they going to run in a two-point 
situation. And look, yeah, I mean, it's always possible. 50-50 deal that they could tie it up. And, you know, a lot of people believe that overtime always would favor the home team. I'm not sure that's the case. Um, and, and, you know, towards the end of that ball game, it kind of started to look like, you know, Ole Miss was playing a little better and Cal was kind of wearing out, just really wanting to get it over with. And, you know, if they were, if there was any truth to that, that they were wearing out just a little bit, then maybe overtime would have favored Ole Miss. But I think, you know, being that Cal was the favored team and Ole Miss would have scored at the end if they got the two-point conversion to get it to overtime, they would have all the momentum and the energy. There weren't many people left in the stadium at that point for some reason. I know it was, you know, again, blooming hot, but who knows? But but you're right. You know, uh, I think a lot of people have argued one way or the other on the 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 way the thing was handled by the officials, I kind of felt like even though every official out there said they did what they were supposed to, I just think in that situation, it's a potentially a scoring play involving the goal line. You got to review it. You got to give yourself time to look at the angles and review it and see if he scored. They didn't do that. And you're right. Even if they get it to him, there's no guarantee that the game doesn't end on the two-point either. You just don't know. We never got there. That's the problem. All right, so just getting started with you here today on this Tuesday. Get to more of your phone calls, a whole bunch of texts to get to here as well on the text line, and we'll do all that next. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Stick around. Back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. They can fix your phone at C Spire. Just a reminder, yeah, if it's a little banged up, not working. Um, my wife had an issue here actually today she's headed on in there today on hers the whole deal where like it's working fine then it stops and it says there's not a sim card in it or whatever so it's like it's loose and they have to go in there and pop it out and fix it so small thing hers is not cosmetic but they'll be able to fix that for you so just head on in the ceasefire they can fix your phone any phone from any carrier they can hook you up while you wait most times all right, you want to be a part of the show? The text line, 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN, or 885-3776. That's the text line, so text away. And, of course, the Divinity Equipment phone. You can call me there. I'd love to hear your voice. 995-1059. That is a 601 number. 995-1059. One oh five nine. Junior on Facebook says we need to make Bo Nix beat us, and hope we can run the ball as good as last year. And you know, I, I think that as we get into the scouting report and start looking at this a little closer, going into this Mississippi State Auburn game, 
there's a pretty good chance. I know Oregon thought of pretty highly, but there's a pretty good chance that State's offensive line may be the best one that Auburn will have faced to uh, to this point. So that'll be in a key matchup because, look, Auburn's really good up front. You know, their defense entirely is pretty salty. Um, they have one really good safety back there, number 24. He's been around for a while. Um, they're not bad on the back end. They're really good up front, and they got to – they got to Kellamon and Texas A&M, especially in the red zone. A&M moved the ball up and down the field some, but couldn't get it in the red zone, kick field goals, missed some, all that kind of stuff because they get you know near the red zone and Auburn would really turn it up to 11 in her pass rush and get to him. Uh, a few texts and then I'm coming to the phone line. True Maroon texts the show and says, I think a big credit – uh, for players out of Mississippi uh, being ready is because of Mike Evans' facility, D1 in Madison. So many young athletes train there, and it prepares them for big-time college. That's true, Maroon. Uh, unnamed Texter says, Matt, how do the refs review by rule? Well, by rule, they review any scoring play. That's my understanding. That's what I've always been told. Because I suggested back around SEC media days, uh, even in a conversation with Steve Shaw, the coordinator of officials in the SEC, I said, you know, why not have a deal where anything regarding a scoring play, even penalties that are called, penalties that aren't called, are challengeable by the coach and reviewable by the officials. Because then you take the most important part of the game where that involves the goal line. If it involves the goal line, there's simply nothing that they can't challenge, even penalties. And, he's, and, and part of the answer was, well, you know, we already review every scoring play. Well, you know, the, one, the thing about the Ole Miss one the other day is it wasn't a scoring play technically because they ruled it down at the one. So I guess, therefore, they didn't have to Take any time to review it by rule. Anyway, that's the way I look at it. All right, here we go. Divinity Equipment phone line. Gabe, you're up. Thanks for hanging on. What's up, Gabe? Hey, Matt. Just want to let you know I love the show. Thank you. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Oh, uh, listen, you. I watched the game. Okay, I, w- I watched the game Saturday on TV, and you could just sense, I mean, not necessarily sense, but see that the players, even though they lost against, you know, uh, Kansas State, but you could see the team was like rallying around, you know, the, the moxie that, 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 uh, uh, help me out here. You're, I'm just th- having a, a you're, brain th- fart. you're thinking about the defensive player, Willie Gay, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Willie Gay, but also they're also rallying oh, Schrader, around the, the, the quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, Schrader, the quarterback. Yeah. Okay. And, 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 I mean, you could see it on TV, and I was just wondering, you being, you know, who you are, calling games, uh, I, I was listening to the, the broadcast Saturday, and you kind of touched base on it. I mean, you could just feel it in the stadium, you know, that how the team was coming together. As you, you know, as close as you are to Mississippi State, I just wanted to know, have you sensed, you know, like the team gelling, actually coming together, you know, behind Garrett Schrader? Yeah, not yeah. to say Tommy's not coming back, but. I mean, as you, you know, because you're really close to the team, can you just kind of, I mean, can you can you see that or, or, or am I just hopeful thinking? Or no, what? no, I think, you're, you're, I think you're reading it accurately, Gabe. Um, they have good chemistry among players, coaches, and stuff on that team. They, it's not a 
situation where they have to really wonder about that. They really do. That's a genuine thing. It's a legit answer. And the other thing they have is two things. Stevens, he's obviously a first-year player, but Tommy's the kind of personality, like he fit in really well, and he's had no issue building relationships on the team. All the guys like him. And, yeah, you and can sense that. You can sense that. And so he's because he knows he's the older guy, he's got one year left. He's been very supportive of Schrader. This has not been a competition thing between them. That has helped. But I will tell you, I think when Schrader went in there, played the way he played when Tommy got hurt, initially in that Southern Miss game, that helped. You know, players like him because he's kind of the he was laid back, you know, kind of guy. But when he played well against Southern Miss and then against Kansas State, when he, when he had that deal at the end of the game where he got spun around in the air, lands, right, right. You know, he's jumping, diving for it, spun around in the air, lands, gets back up, and he's okay. That was a moment where like everybody else on that team looks at him and goes, okay, look, this guy's fine. There's no question. Yeah, He's for us, and he's going to lay out for us, so we can play with this guy. So he kind of, I think – Yeah, watch, watch. – Earned everybody's respect. Watching the game Saturday, you could see that, you know, with the guys just, you know, you could, you could see the intensity and, and the, the effort that them guys put into that game. And uh, yeah. I just I just hope it continues to carry over. Yeah, especially thanks, next week. Th- Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, man. Enjoy the show. Thank you. Yeah, they're definitely going to need the energy on the road. Lynn, thanks for hanging on. You're in Ohio, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm a truck driver, man. I I enjoy your show. I listen to it as much as I can when I can. It cuts out on that Facebook live on me a lot, but I, I do what I can. boy. But uh, I got a, got a little question about uh, just a couple of things. Willie Gay Jr. seemed to have really spark the defense the other day. I mean, we looked like a completely different unit when he was out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had a stupid penalty. You can't take your helmet off. And the second one, I don't really think they should have thrown. But that's beside the point. We know we can't beat Alabama. I mean, well, of course we hope we do, but we know in reality we're not beating Alabama probably. Who, who do we really need Gay the most against? Yeah. And is he a junior or a senior? Yeah, I think he's a junior. I'll look it up and make sure here for you. I, I tell you what, that's something, for, for whatever reason, I used to keep up with that really well, and now I lose track so easy. And I don't know if it's because, you know, I'm getting older <laughs> or what, but I – I'll have to look it up here and make sure I know what classification he is. I'll tell you this, Lynn. We talked about it some yesterday, which games. Um, my line of thinking, if I were the coach, I'm obviously not, but if I were, somebody asked me, my opinion is you, you pick out those SEC games that are probably already the most winnable for you, and you play Willie Gay in those to make sure you win those games. Because, like you said, this is not a year where you're going to walk down Alabama. Okay? And it's not that kind of year yet, given, you know, first-year quarterback, injuries. So I think it's either you either do it, you either play them against Auburn, Tennessee, and Ole Miss remaining, or you do Tennessee, Uh Arkansas, and Ole Miss remaining. That's just my opinion. Uh, Music started, Lynn. I got to go. Listen, I appreciate you. Listening and calling in very appreciate much. Thank you. you. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate you. And uh, Bradley, I see you hanging on. If you can hang with me, I'll get to you next. I, if not, give me a shout back in about five. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show.
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Y'all know you like that show. You ever watch the reruns of In the Heat of the Night? I love it. It's a great I think song. It's under underappreciated. Well, and some good acting in there. But Roger, you had the show on your mind because Beaver came in there running his mouth about it, right? Yeah, yeah. He was. They didn't take criticism too well from the listeners. Okay, so but what were they criticized on? It was the candy I, bar thing, right? Yeah, I think Chris talked about candy bars for like four minutes, and somebody was like, "Wow, thank God, match coming up. At least we talk sports." Yeah, it you was know, on the. Ben said, "Well, yeah, you could listen to the bat talk, play Heat of the Night." <laughs> okay, let me see if I can find. I wish I could find who it was. Somebody did text that in. It said, "Oh gosh, I, I can't find it." Anyway, it just said. Thank God Matt's coming on or something like that. It was on the text line. And so, wait a minute. So, Beaver came in there and ran his mouth at you because we play theme songs? I guess so. He said, yeah, sure you can listen to Matt play In the Heat of the Night theme song. <laughs> well, he's, we'll talk sports over it. Well, that's it. I mean, he's kind of right. <laughs> he really is kind of right. All right, look, Bradley has been hanging on for a long time on the Divinity Equipment phone. Bradley listening in Starkville today. What's up, Bradley? Not much, Matt. I've got a weird question for you. Okay. You know, and it's not saying that Thomas Stevenson still has a red shirt. Is that correct? Okay. okay. Say that again. Did you say Tommy Stevens? Your your signal is kind of muffled. Yeah. There. I'm sorry if I'm breaking up. Um, okay. Not in the best service, but. Uh, I said, Tommy Stevens, does he still have a red shirt available? Yeah. See, if I'm thinking, all right, so freshman in 16, 17, hurt in 18, this is 19. Um, I'd have to go back and look. He only played on the field three years at Penn State. Okay, so technically uh-huh. this would be his fourth year on the field. But what I've got to go back and look here and see is if he redshirted. Let me look. Hang on. Yep. All right. So, no, he doesn't have a red shirt. He redshirted during the 2015 season. So, he was redshirt freshman 2016, ah. redshirt sophomore 17, redshirt junior last year. This year, he's redshirt senior. And, you know, for someone like him, like if he were to miss the rest of the season, I don't know if there's a medical redshirt available for him or not. Because that process is kind of always a little murky, and so I don't know. But, but on – the technical basis, he does not have a red shirt at the moment. Okay, okay. And that kind of destroys the question I was going to ask because I was going to say if he does keep on getting injured, yeah, and he somehow gets a red shirt or a medical red shirt, you know, like Eric Schrader staying there, get the experience, and Schrader gets red shirt next year. Sure. <laughs> well, and look, you know. if here's the thing: if Tommy can get healthy, Bradley, remember that I told you this. Not a lot of people talking about it right okay. now. It's a hypothetical. If Tommy can get healthy and stay that way, somebody in the NFL will give him a chance. Now, if he plays lights out the rest of the year and just lights everybody up, you get a big upset, somebody may draft him. But even if not, I mean, if he just gets healthy, stays healthy, and plays this year, um, he's good enough. Somebody's going to give him a chance to, you know, as a free agent to try to go into NFL camp and throw it around because he, he's big, strong, and he can really throw it, okay? But the big 
e- even if he does that, if he gets healthy, plays the rest of the year and is really good, and somebody's going to give him a shot on an NFL team, the big knock on him is going to be durability. Because, you know, he's banged up some different types of injuries at Penn State a couple times. Last year he was banged up some at Penn State, and I think that was a lower body. This year, what, two different types of upper body throwing shoulder things. And so that, that'll that be a check against him in terms of evaluators, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just wait. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, man, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. Um, I have to wish a happy birthday to someone real quick. Before the first hour is up, just real, just real, real quick. Um, the resident taxi driver at Mississippi State University, Everett Kennard, the bus driver. He taxis every team State has to and from the hotel, to and from road games. He'll be driving one of the buses when Mississippi State leaves on Friday to bus to Montgomery for the Auburn game. He picks up visiting teams. He chauffeurs the He chauffeurs visiting baseball teams from the airport to the hotel to the stadium and back and forth. Your resident taxi driver has been for years and years the bus driver at State. Everett, happy birthday, buddy. Y'all see Everett wish him a happy birthday. You say you play this one every year. This is what I play. This is the taxi theme song, and I is play this to this calm one. you down or to mellow Com- you out. To yeah. well, both really. Well, yeah, I the, guess the same thing. That's the same thing. Yeah. I, whenever I get a little riled up, I need to take a deep breath and just relax. I just listen to the taxi theme song. Okay. It's good stuff. All right, you back like, over you like on the, the flute. Phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's jazz flute, Roger. Like that flute. You remember that movie Anchorman when Ron Burgundy pulled out his jazz flute? Yeah. He just happened to have it with him at dinner. <laughs> he right. did a, a, a darn good job. He too. did. He sure did. Albeit a fake one, he did a good job. Okay. Uh, back on the phone, Divinity Equipment phone line, A1 Dog. In Alaska. What's up, A1? What well, just shoot up in here amongst us? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, a <laughs> boy. I'm proud hey, of you. First of all, first of all, I just want to say, Hail State, it's a pleasure uh, serving the military, um, and you guys keep me going. I'm, I'm in here trying to get a little bit of a workout in here, listening to you guys every morning when I get off of work. So I really, really do appreciate how y'all keep us Hail State fans going. Man, listen, we appreciate you in more ways than you can imagine. Appreciate your service. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, look, I, I wanted to ask you. So how tough, because you've been in quarterback rooms, obviously, how tough is this decision for Joe Moorhead? Uh, because you see Schrader has instant energy. I mean, it's, it's not a question. The guy, mm-hmm. you know, he gets some revved up. He's got that engine, right? Yeah. But on the other hand, you really do have a guy in Stevens who <clears throat> is he's just a, a, a guy who knows how to shred when it comes down to uh, throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. So I, I just want to know how uh, hard is a, is a decision like this to make before a critical game like, like all this is my honest opinion. And I'm looking at it through the eyes of if I were a player in one of those player shoes, also the coach, um, a one, this particular one is not a tough decision. Um, about like which one you should play. I, I really believe that. Here's why I say that. The tough part of this for Joe Moorhead is 
how healthy is Tommy Stevens? Because right. what we are seeing is Schrader is good enough that if Tommy Stevens is below a certain level of health, like he was, what, it was uh, Southern Miss, um, and certainly right. early on at Kansas State, like he was at Kansas State, Schrader is good enough to go in and win for you. You'd rather have a healthy Schrader on the field right. than a not healthy Stevens. So the hard part is figuring out how healthy Tommy Stevens is. But because Stevens right. is this fifth-year senior, and I'm just telling you, when he's healthy, the difference in how he can read the pass game and deliver the ball, it is night and day. Absolutely. It, it, you know, the threat Absolutely. that he gives you. So because he's a senior and because Schrader is only a true freshman, it's a pretty easy decision. Now, if, if let's just say if hypothetically we had the same scenario, but Schrader was a year or two older, then it's totally different. Mm -hmm. But I think because Schrader Absolutely. is a, a true freshman – it's a really easy decision. It's just the hard part is you got to figure out how healthy Tommy Stevens actually is. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely, it does. It does. Hey, I hey. do appreciate it so much, and I want to thank you for uh, keeping the JSU neck bumping. I love it. I turned it up <laughs> to 12, not even 11. I turned it to 12. <laughs> a boy. I didn't know a radio had 12, hey, I, but I'm glad. Well, we'll make it, baby. We'll make it. <laughs> hey, Good we stuff. appreciate you, man. Yeah. See you. Thank you. A1 dog in Alaska serving our country. Back to his workout. He's doing what we ought to be doing, working out. Chris, listening in Louisiana. What's up, Chris? What's up, man? How are you doing today? As far as I know, I'm fine. All right. Well, you ready? Um, I've got, I got, a, I got a two questions for you here. Okay. And I'll, I'll say both of them, and then I'll get off the line, and I'll listen to you. Um. First thing is, are you ready? You ready to pick your allegiances in the Super Bowl? Because looks like we're gonna have Dak and Kansas City in there. I've been thinking about it. Doggone it! I've been thinking about <laughs> it. It's gonna happen. You, I just know it's gonna happen. It's gonna be Cowboys and Chiefs. And look, if in that matchup, um, I want Dak to play really, really well. I want the Chiefs to win, and frankly, the Chiefs would win. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. You never know. But I tell you what, I, the other thing is, is I'm fixed to turn your show on its nose because I'm probably fixed to make some Alabama fans mad. Um, how do we know that Tua is the best quarterback in the conference? I keep, I'm tired of hearing that because, I mean, you know, when you have a line standing in a pride of lines, it's not hard to see that it's a line. But when it's out by itself, is it really a line? I mean, he's got so much talent over there. How do we really know he's the best quarterback in the SEC? Because, I mean, he's doing it. Anybody could throw passes to those guys and look like that. Yep. Hey, it's a great point, a great topic. I'm going to cover this in hour number two, and we're going to cover it with Peter Burns from the SEC Network next. We're going to have him on in about ten minutes, Chris. But I will tell you my opinion. If Joe Burrow doesn't slow down and continues what he's doing, Joe Burrow will be drafted before Tua will. Mm. 